For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. How are you guys doing? And welcome over to the channel. If you guys are new, hey, please do me a favor and subscribe. Hit that little bell notification. Today we actually uploaded two videos. Sometimes we do two videos. For the most part, we do one video every single day on the ever-changing conflict that's happening in Ukraine. So I'm going to tell you guys, I spoke about the entrenching systems that are all throughout this country and mainly inside the areas. We'll go ahead and look at the map real quick so you guys have an understanding. So you guys are new. Red, Russian, blue, Ukrainian. Fairly, fairly easy. Now, blue, or excuse me, the triangle lined areas, the ones you see kind of like that. So those are going to be heavily fortified areas, the ones that you're about to see. So something like this. So I've spoke many times of the entrenching systems that play a major role in this war. I know I've said this many, many of times and how hard it is to actually assault through a defensively held position like this. So I'm going to show you guys this one. This one's actually in the northwest side of Kiev, and it's a, it's a total trench system. I think it's very, very good to show you guys so you have an understanding completely on what they look like. So the United States has actually formally declared that members of Russian armed forces have committed war crimes in Ukraine. I don't think this is something that a lot of us were kind of thinking that wasn't going to happen because I know everybody has actually seen what they've done. But Secretary of State Anthony Blinken has actually said this, and I quote, Today I can announce that based on the information currently available, the U.S. government assesses the members of Russian forces have committed war crimes in Ukraine. This one didn't actually take a scientist to figure out. This is what he's quoting, but I mean, this is me saying, I mean, it really didn't take a scientist. Oh, the amount of shelling that we've seen taking place inside of this city directly against civilian held areas that are not even close to military establishments. I mean, it's really not that difficult. And the, the, how they've cut off the civilian supplies going into Mariupol. I mean, it's, it's really not that difficult to see it. So, And the United States is also setting up. So this one's kind of a big deal. They're setting up contingencies right now. Contingencies in place if Russia were to actually utilize and use chemical, biological, and nuclear weapons in Ukraine. You would already thought that they had these things already in place. I mean, that seems like something they would do, but apparently right now we've actually started to set up more plans. I hope it doesn't happen. I would assume the entire planet doesn't. But anyway, the team of national security officials known as Tiger Teams, so they're called Tiger Teams, are also considering responding if Russia attacks a convoy in NATO territories, bringing weapons and aid to Ukraine. So we spoke about this about a week ago. NATO has actually been thinking about bringing in supplies through these countries. And now there's a Tiger Teams that are actually set up that are thinking about how they're going to respond if Russia actually attacks these convoys. That could get a little iffy. I mean, those are going to be NATO NATO troops in, in NATO territory. I don't really know how that one's going to work out. So that's one of those things. We hope it doesn't happen. We're just going to say that. I hope it does not happen. NATO officials have also stated that, that Russian's KIA total is somewhere between 7,000 and 15,000. So those numbers we've been talking about over the last three weeks seem to be pr pretty much on on point. I know it's a pretty wide gap, but between seven and 15,000 KIA, the total losses, including captured, wounded, and or missing, could vary between 30,000 and 40,000. I know these are crazy numbers. A lot of people have a hard time fathoming it. I've said this multiple times. You're assaulting a defensively held position inside of cities against a heavily fortified enemy. You're going to take and suffer massive casualties when it comes to equipment losses, human life, 
and just, well, you're going to have what they're having currently over there is logistical nightmares that they've never even thought they were going to have. And I think this one's pretty nuts. I don't think anybody's really have talked about this. I think I talked about this roughly, I think it was about four or five days ago, three days ago. They didn't have a name for it as of yet. So Russians have actually been deporting Ukrainians from Mariupol to Russian in masses. We know about this. I've said this. Now these 6,000 people, they've been displaced into smaller towns inside of Russia. And the Russian forces have been busing people and talking, or excuse me, and taking them to these things they're calling filter, filtration camps. I know, filtration camps. The other day I, I said it's almost like a concentration camp, and there's a lot of people in the comments are like, well, you got to call it what it is. It is what it is. Well, I don't know if it is a concentration camp. It is, this is more of a better terminology, a filtration camp, after which people are sent to distant Russian cities. So they, this is a real thing that is happening and this is my second time seeing it, and there's actually reports coming out directly from the, the mayor down there in Mariupol that's now stating that this is going on. And I have a buddy who's actually told me that it's not 6,000, it's actually 15,000. So roughly 15,000. This report's saying six, but it's upwards of 15,000 have been displaced and actually put into these filtration camps in Russia. And the Kremlin is also reporting that they're sending execution squads. So this is something that they've been, they actually did back in World War II, but they're sending execution squads after their own army with orders to kill any Russian who tries to flee. This is coming from the POWs that have been captured by Ukraine. And they've also stated inside of custody that they've been notified of the horrific tactics that have been happening. So they've also been using these Chechnyans, these are bringing these Chechnyans to actually stop it as well. This is a revival of Stalin's World War II tactic, and they've also been using, like I said, Chechnyan units to try and stop the Russian deserters. So the morale seems really high in the Russian military as of, as of lately, so much so that they're having to bring in people to stop people from actually deserting. So that's go, it's going pretty well over there. Now we're going to be going over to the map. There's been a lot going on. That's why I thought we needed to do two episodes today. I, I didn't want to wait till tomorrow to get this thing up. I thought it was really important for you guys. So Russian Air Force actually destroyed a bridge that was just outside of the town of Desna. So here's Desna right here. I actually kind of, hey, there's our word annotated for you guys. So you guys see this red little dot. So that area right there, that red little area is where this bridge was located that was destroyed. And I actually have the video footage of Aftermath. I found this yesterday, by the way, like late in the evening. And it finally came out at the exact location. And here it is. And here is a video proof of that bridge. So this bridge was actually the closest one that's in Ukrainian control. That is near uh, the, the north, or excuse me, northeastern side of Kiev. That is the, is the closest one to Kiev that is in Ukrainian control. That's why it's been destroyed. It's one of the ones they've been utilizing to get people in and out of their supplies and whatnot. Russian troops have also been appearing to, to set up their defensive positions and fortifying them. So we're going to go over to my other map here. So on this one, I actually have the roads, and I took the time this morning. It took me about 20, 30 minutes to get the roads almost exactly put in here. Now, down in here in this region is when it gets a little iffy, okay? And that's why I really didn't, I, I could not exactly get it marked up, mainly due to the fact that every single major road for the supplies that go into the eastern side of the country from here are having to go through a blue-held area. And the blue-held area, as we know, Especially right here. So a lot of these main roads go through this town of Lebanon. So Lebanon is completely controlled by Ukrainian forces. All the main routes going in there that actually link up to this one right here are controlled by Ukrainian forces. So that would make sense as to why a lot of these things are getting hit either now by IEDs, which we have confirmation that they're being used, and or just ambushes in general. But you can see on this route, on this main route, you guys see these little red things right here. So all these you see. 
So I have actually gone through and put in every single one. And Russian troops have appeared to be building up their defensive positions and checkpoints near these, these areas I have annotated on the map. And if you look at where they are on the map, they're relatively close to the supply routes. We've talked about this for the last two weeks. We know the Russians have actually started to push people in here. They push in engineering battalions, into the, or engineering division, excuse me, into these areas to try help secure them. Now, if you look at this map, like I'm saying, the, all the routes that are coming in, every single one of them, all the way flowing up just like that, every single one of them is literally going to be, it's going to be heavily contested by Russian, or excuse me, Ukrainian forces when it comes to ambushes. So setting up and actually putting in these defensive positions are going to help secure this route on this eastern side of the country, which they needed to do. So the white phosphorus I spoke about in the video that was earlier today, I wasn't super sure about it and has been apparently used in Urpin. So we're going to go back over to my handy dating map here. So down over here, here is Urpin. As you guys do know, there's Urpin, Bucha, and then you have Hostomil, all in the same area. It's It's been pretty heavily contested, which we'll talk about here in a second. So the photo I'm showing you is apparently the actual thing being used. It is coming from the mayor itself of, of Urpin. This has, has only been this, this. I've only seen one image, by the way. So the image that I'm currently seeing is the only one that I've seen. I'm not saying it's not confirmed. I'm not saying it's confirmed, but this is now our second indication that it could be confirmed. Now, I will say, as I said in that last video, white phosphorus burns through your skin. If you inhale it, you're going to die. Uh, well, not not out the gate, but it, it does cause a lot of lung, liver, and a lot of issues inside of your body. You don't want to inhale it, inhale it. Excuse me. They use this stuff down in Syria. It, it, white phosphorus is not good. It can burn through metal or burn through engine blocks. It's just not good. So this image you're seeing, so the dust that comes off of this, I, I guess is the best way to put it. It could be used and seen as chemical warfare in a sense. I, I'm not going to confirm it yet, but I just want to show, show you guys what I've seen. Ukrainian troops I spoke about yesterday as well. Uh, talking about them encircling actually have those Russian troops down here. Remember I had drawn it up. It roughly kind of looked like this. I'm not going to say that the, that it was fully like that. I'm going to say now it's, it's more, it's looking more like the way that I have it now. Now, they did come in from the north. I don't know the exact location. It's kind of hard for me to really ever know with these maps. But this one's as up to date as I possibly can. So you guys see all the blue arrows, all these ones that are going in to these areas. So all those that you guys see on this map are the areas Ukrainian forces have actually pushed in to actually, they have encircled them. So it actually looks more kind of like this. So I'm going to say they, they haven't completely cut them off, but they have encircled them. And that's, that's a huge deal. So they cut off these routes, mainly these routes that are coming in is where you guys see that X right now. That's a main route. And there's also another one right here. So those main routes, if the Russians get these routes cut off by the Ukrainians, Ukrainian forces are able to hold these routes coming in there for a, a long period of time, like let's say three, four, five days, then they're going to run out of supplies. And if Ukrainians somehow are able, which is kind of crazy to me, we're sitting at this point and they're actually able to advance and take area away from the Russians inside of this urban this hostile, like inside of this area, if they're able to secure and actually push them back north, that is huge. That is massive. We're talking they're clearing more white space for them not to take the main city they've been trying to get for the last three to four weeks. It's a big deal. And then the big thing about that is if they say the Russians do get pushed back, the Ukrainians are going to now set up even heavily fortified defenses all along these main routes, all the way coming in. It's going to be even more difficult for them to even push through. So that's a huge deal that's going on right now. And that's why I thought I needed to make two episodes today for you guys because there's so much going on. So up here in the north, let's go ahead and get that thing out of the way. This is this is another big thing. So Chernihiv, we know they have not done a lot of advancements, and the Russians, that is, in Chernihiv over the last three weeks. I think the first week of this conflict, of this war, they tried to push through and they could not take it. So then they started shelling it, absolute shelling it. So look at this. 
This is the updated map. So bear with me. Sometimes it's very difficult to actually get the, these maps perfect, but I've done as, as much as I possibly can. And I believe this one is right as of making this video, as of right now. They've actually cleared, look at all those white space they've cleared, the Ukrainians. They pushed them all the way back in, and now they control this town of Slavyuchis. I know, I almost butchered that name. Got it right, though, I promise you. So right here is the, the Russian border. So this is the border all the way down. That's the Russian border. So, okay, you guys see that? The Russians have actually put, uh, they, they're, they're trying to assault the town right now, and it's reported that there is currently heavy fighting taking place, and there's an artillery brigade that's actually reported to actually moved into this area. I have an updated map like I've showed you guys that's showing either side and it's ever changing like I've stated, but this is very close going into Chernobyl. There's Chernobyl right there. That's one of the areas they took at the very beginning. See this main route that actually runs all the way through? That's a huge deal. They do control that main route still, as you guys can tell. I have shown it on here, but if the, the Russian forces cannot take back this town and somehow the Ukrainians are making advancements in the north and they're making even bigger ones in the south, the only area right now, which we will show here later on, is the east. That's the only main concern the Ukrainians have right now is the eastern side of the country. So we will keep an eye on this area over the next 12 to 24 hours. If they can control that and actually keep it, that's a huge deal. Like I said, I, I've, I annotated these two red lines that you guys are seeing, those two arrows. That That is the current area where the Russian forces are trying to push in and take this town. So we are going to move east. So here, Kharkiv, not a lot going on. Been kind of quiet, been shelling, all that. A lot of the Russian forces, and you guys see the map has changed pretty significantly, not in Kharkiv itself, but down over here. I have started to actually draw up some of the areas the Russians do control. So they control this main route now, which we have talked about. Kupiansk is an area where I do believe that they are staging, and they're, they're, that's, that's kind of like where their re regrouping area is, but it's more or less a staging area. And then this, this is another main route that goes all the way around. So you guys, if you guys can see right here, these are all routes that they control, where those black lines are. And this other one comes down to the north side of Izium. I'm going to go ahead and clear that up for you guys. So the Russian forces have actually crossed over the Seversky Donetsk near Izium and attempted to gain control of the area, but were unsuccessful in their attack and had to actually retreat to their original positions. We know, and we've stated this over the last three to four days, and I have actually changed it on the map so you guys have more of an understanding. Look, Izium is more heavily fortified now, and I think that's a good thing to put on here because it's been pretty much true. So the southern side of the city is still controlled by the Ukrainians. The northern side is controlled clearly by the Russians. Now, with this force that's over here, there's another little force, I guess you would say, that's actually stopped the Russians from moving even southern. But if they do take this side of this town, see this, this main road that comes in, then they can actually hit Izium from the south. But then they would also have to worry from troops coming up from Slovianask to actually repel that assaulting force that comes through. That is something that could happen. I'm not saying it's not going to happen. But if the Russians do take and actually push through right there, I could see that being a thing. But it has been noted that the Russian troops have lost around 60% of their strength in this area since the beginning of the fighting has taken place, which I think we're about a week deep into Izium. So they've lost 60% of their forces on the ground, not saying KAA, but we're talking about everything from logistical trucks to, to tanks, BMPs, APCs, stuff like that they're losing, and of course ground troops. And they've lost about 60% of their total strength, which is pretty big. So the Russian forces have entered a town of Verknodoredesky. Wow. That was a tough one. All right. Anyway, they've reached a school building in the center. And you guys see the video of that right now. Местный штаб ВСУ, а под него украинские силы отвели вот это здание школы, сдали практически без боя. Побито лишь остекление, пожаров не было. В угол села, откуда продолжают вести огонь. Пока снимаем, только и слышим прилеты. В одном... Здесь специальные объекты, в основном это штабы у них находятся. Везде они это занимают, где 
день прикрывается, обычно детей загоняют в подвал или не в школе находится. Yes, I know. I'm not really good at pronouncing these. And I've tried using, uh, what was that, Google Google Translate? Doesn't help me at all. <laughs> I'm just, I don't know. I'm just not good at it. We're just going to roll with it, though. I, I, I like, I, I use the maps to kind of help everybody out. We're actually going to move down to Mariupol. Mariupol's situation is currently not really the best. So here it is right for you guys. The Russians have added a little bit more ground here and right here since the last time we've actually showed you. So with that being said, you can also see the fact that there's no blue on this. So now I don't exactly know where the, the defensive lines of the Ukrainian forces are inside of the city. It has no definitive defensive positions actually put up that I'm able to even determine. The city seems to be almost completely destroyed, and most of the, re, the remaining Ukrainian forces are within the city of a drew to the city center and the Azaz plant. So you're looking roughly about right here. I don't know exactly, so I don't want to tell you. And about roughly right here. So this is pretty much where they are. I, I don't know the exacts clearly, but I will say I have... Some video footage I'm going to show you guys from down there in Mariupol, and here that is. So one of the big reasons why I had to make this video is for the fact that without reasonable doubt, I can say that a Russian Navy alligator ship has been hit by a ballistic missile strike. This happened in Bernyansk. So you guys see this right here. This whole area, there's, of course, there's a port going in there that they've been utilizing. We showed you guys videos the other day of them offloading. So the problem with social media and this being an ever-changing ever conflict daily is the fact that they're posting all these videos and footage of where they're at and what they're doing. This has actually hurt both sides. Ukrainian, we know that it hurt them up in Kiev. They were able to, the Russians were able to hit them with a missile strike, literally dead center, and took out their mall, which actually had a bunch of their, their trucks underneath it. So with that being said, this is the same type of deal. RT put out a video. We had it on this channel. It was all over everywhere. They were pretty much just saying, hey, look, we control this port. We're offloading a bunch of the equipment. Look at us. Hey, look at us. Russia's winning the war. And then all of a sudden, they get hit with a ballistic missile two days later because they have these ships sitting inside this port. And it's, it's just kind of crazy to me. So this Russian alligator ship has actually been hit by a ballistic missile strike along as well as two Raputcha class ships were also present, as you can see inside this video I'm about to show you guys. And clearly, you'll see an ammo. There was a secondary cook-off from ammo on the ship that was also uh, doing its thing. So here's that. So that's the, that's what's been happening right there. I'm actually going to scroll over here to make a live. So this is there's a, been a lot going down over here. Now, when I mean big time, it's it's pretty big. So as we know, if you guys have followed along this entire time, we know that Russian troops were all the way up here as of three to four days ago. They got pushed back to Nova Odessa, and then they got pushed back again. Now it's happened once again. So if you look at the blue lines I already have on here for you guys, we know that this area was taken about four or five days ago. That was the first assaulting element that actually pushed through and took more ground back from the Russians. But if you could tell, they have now liberated all these cities that are actually annotated right here. So you see all this area? I believe there's five cities in this one little area. I'm going to say five towns is a better way to put it. But they have actually pushed through and actually pushed the Russians farther 
Eastern, which is a big deal down here in this area. They don't. The Russians don't control a lot of the area. We spoke about that. I believe they're going to take out the bridges down in Kyrgyzstan at some point. I do think that's going to happen. If these assaulting elements are going to continue to push through, I don't see them not getting all the way down to Kyrgyzstan. I don't think that's not a thing. Also, I think they're going to push all these Russians this way, which I have no idea why the Russians haven't actually moved from this area. Currently, they're not gaining any traction, and they're actually doing nothing down here. Like right here, over the last week, they have literally lost ground and accomplished absolutely nothing. This force was originally pushing up to actually make its way down to Odessa. We know that did not happen. So what are these men still doing here? They, what they should have done is pulled them back, replanned, and then sent them out to do something else. Because right now they're absolutely getting their teeth kicked and they're losing ground and losing men. and tr- like They're just getting rid like It's just, it makes no sense. I, I, I hate to say this, but if you're on the Russian military side of things, Y'all really need to consider what you're doing down here. It's not working out, like at all. Down here at McAlive, whoever's in charge down in this area, the southwestern AO, whoever's in control of this, really just needs to sit down, rethink, replan, and actually go up, go back at it. Because right now, it's not working out. So I don't, I don't think they're going to be able to hold this off for another week or so. I think they're going to have all the Russians at this current pace will be pushed out of the McAlive area. Like, I, I don't see that not being a thing with the current pace. So I hope you guys did enjoy this video over here. I do love you guys. I will see you guys tomorrow, hopefully with at least one episode. But I know that's the case. Maybe two. Who knows what goes on. So, all right, guys, I'm out. I will see you guys later. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash Boost by Tax Day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.